0: Move up. You're here for a reason. And I would like to tell you something. If you think I'm going to deal with silliness, (laughs) no. I ain't going to deal with that. All right. So we're talking about the last conversation. Jesus Christ had with his disciples, we have gone through several different areas of this to this point, point. and now he's going to the middle of this conversation, he's hitting the vine and the branches. This is probably one of the more used or more popular parts of the conversation. Like, if you hear most people, if you heard Jesus said he was the vine and branch, you would go, I've heard of that. That's what I'm saying. It's probably one of the most known or well versed scriptures. We're actually going to do what we did last week, and I am going to tag on what we were supposed to do this week as well. Unfortunately, what we're going to do this week will only be a little bit of a mention. That way, we're not too far behind. I didn't want to get us too far behind. Uh, So, let's get into the Word of God, and we're going to read 1 through 17. It's going to be a lot of verses. And then I'm going to kind of tell you the two points where we're going tonight, and then unpack both points that you need to understand. So please pay attention to me uh, as I do this, because I'll do like I normally do, maybe throw out to y'all to see if you're paying attention a word or two, okay? I am, so this is Jesus talking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the... Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he what that he may bear more already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you abide in me say that again and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it in the vine Neither you can, unless you in me, I am the, and you are the, whoever abides in me, I in him, he is the, uh, he, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, if anyone does not ab- in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you in me and my word in you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is, and that if you bear much fruit, and so um, prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. In my love, if you keep my commandments, you will... In my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Now look at verse 12 through 17. This is kind of a separate thing. We're not going to get fully into this because we have covered this already. Remember the love. This love that is used is not feelings is agape. Agape love is an action-based love, and so we need to understand this. A lot of times we, can, we, we flippantly use the word love, love, love. I love my mom and my dad, and I love my dog is usually in the same sentence, or I love ice cream, usually in the same sentence. That's not what this is. Agape is an action-based love. We might not feel like we like certain people, but we need to love them. There's an action base. We are to love our enemies. This is my commandment that you, one another, as I have you, greater has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you. For the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I call you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I choose you. And and appointed you, and you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, you may give it to you. He may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will one another. A lot of verses. We're going to look at two things tonight. I'm going to address the two big points first just to give you the names and then we're going to go through it. It's a lot of verses to cover The first thing we're going to look at two things tonight we're going to look at the illusion the illusion illusion illusions another word for will never find life without the source of life. A branch cannot look at the vine and go, oh, I think I could be a tree. I think I could be the vine. It can never be the vine because all it is is a branch. And many of us, we want to be and say, I'm the vine. That's the problem with us. We want to be something that we were never created to be. Unless we are connected to the source of life, Jesus, we will never be anything other than dead branches. The next is the vine dresser. Who's the vine dresser? God, the Father. Excellent. God or God the Father. It would probably be better for you just to write God the Father. So God the Father is the vine dresser. And we're going to look at his jobs and application, but basically he he either cuts or prunes, and we're going to look at the difference of that. But... Here's the vine dresser, he is God, he is the one overseeing the vineyard. He's the one, that's what a vine dresser did, they oversaw the vine, they did everything they could to make the vine healthy. The vine is Jesus, and now that Jesus is gone, although we are still connected to the vine, the vineyard is, quote unquote, now the church, in the sense. And God is still that vine dresser that he is to take care and make sure that the health of the vine is still happening. The branches. Who do you think the branches are? Christians. And I liked how you said that, Christians. I I put believers, but let me just say this. Even that's wrong. It needs to be believers who produce fruit. And some of you would go, is there any others? And I would say, absolutely, there is no others. But unfortunately, we do need to define it's believers who produce fruit. There are going to be a lot of people who claim to be branches, but they're dead. They produce no fruit. So they're not really believers. They're not really Christians. And I'm almost scared to use the word Christian anymore because we have a false idea of what Christian is. We have a false idea. We think anyone who has come down and said a prayer. We think Christians or anyone who, who does their to-do list. And that is not what a Christian is. A Christian was a dead man who has come to life by God the Father who has pulled him from dead to life. And he knows that he can no longer do anything without God. And unfortunately in American Christianity... The name of Christian just means another organization or club that you belong to, and that is not what being a Christian is about. Being a Christian is not being a part of a club, it's not being a part of this church against this church and this. No, being a Christian to say that you are of little Christ means that you have dedicated your life to the gospel, it means that Jesus brought you from death to life and that you are a follower of Him and wherever He leads, you go. He dictates how you eat. He dictates how you dress. He dictates who you, uh, who you talk to. He dictates who, uh, who you date. And what I mean by that, the Word of God in, uh, does everything in with your life and it directs it. It's very different. Well, Ken, how can you say that? Because we're the branch. Where does the life of the branch come from? the vine. Without the vine, what happens to the branch? It dies. Which leads us to our next point. I had y'all say a word a thousand times just now. What was that word? Begin with an A. Abide. I did that on purpose. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Means to continue in a daily, personal relationship with who? Jesus. Characterized by four things that you see in verse 10. I mean, three things that uh, that you see in verse 10. Four, I mean, four things, sorry. Trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. Trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. So... In a Christian's life, in this abiding, this relationship with Jesus is characterized by trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. Trust in the sense that dependency, that's what that means, that you depend on Jesus. Again, where does the branch get his life from? The branch, right? Dependency, prayer, that you're communicating You know in a body that your limbs communicate to the brain, to the body? We are to communicate with the Lord. You're to have a relationship. Obedience. Obedience. Obeying the commands in which He has given us. If you are my friends, you will do what I, what, commanded you. To love, what? one another. He who is a friend will lay down his life for one another. To be obedient as Christ was obedient even death, death of a cross. And joy, an internal joy. Not happiness where something's temporary but joy is an internalness that that, you, that you're at an eternal peace, that joy. That situations do not change joy. Situations change happiness, okay? I can give Haley a piece of chocolate right now, and she'd be happy. If I took it away, she would feel sad. But that does not take her eternal joy away of Jesus. Just change the situation. So this is where we're at, at all these kind of illusions that went back and forth, back and forth. The main one that you need to understand is the vine and the branches, because everything kind of uh, holds off to that. The branches need to produce, and the branches have a job to do. What is that job? To produce what? So in the, the branches' job is to produce fruit. So now we're going to go into the application, because there is some application with this. So let's talk about this vine dresser. So who was the vine dresser again? God the who? God the Father. So God the Father is the vine dresser, and there's some jobs in which he does. There's two things to ensure maximum fruit um, production. See, the church, Christ, us who follow, need be producing fruit, because if you do not, pr- fruit, ju- uh, uh, if you do not produce fruit, then you're a dead tree. You're a dead vine. So two things. He removes unfruitful branches. This is something that we don't like to talk about, but if, you're, if you are someone who claims to be a branch but produces no fruit, you're not a branch. And you cut off and they throw it away. It actually says he takes it off and, they, and he what with the branches? He burns them. Let me just tell you guys, look at your life, and if you're not producing fruit, ask yourself, am I, am I a believer? What does fruit look like then, Kent? I'm glad you asked. Fruit is going to look like, first of all, I believe that, especially if you've been claiming to be a Christian more than a few years, that, you, that disciples need to produce what? Say it loud. Disciples need to produce what? If you're not investing in other people in their daily walk, you need to look at that. You need to see that. All right? If you're not investing in people, look at that. Look at that. Second is look at your lifestyle. Does it reflect Christ? Does it reflect Christ? It does not mean does it reflect perfectness. Okay? Perfectness, you're never going to attain that. So if you want to be perfect, you've got to find something else because you're not going to get it here. If you think I'm going to be perfect, well, I'm just going to tell you right now. Get your tissues out because I'm going to disappoint you every time. Okay? Because the church is not made of perfect people. It is made of people who have found who has found Christ. We are being made perfect by Him, but only by Him. There's nothing I can do. I will never get it all right. See, a lot of times people call the church hypocrites, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong in the sense that we are not, that, that and what they mean. A lot of times they mean, well, they, they do something. Okay, yeah, we're going to sin and fall short of the glory of God, but the difference between that who is a believer of Christ and falls is not that we mess up, it is how, it's what we do when we mess up. That we repent. If this was not true, then we can no longer say that David was a follower of Christ. If this was not true, then we can no longer say Paul was a follower of Christ. If this is not true, we can no longer say Peter is not a follower of Christ. It is not the actions in which we do. It is how we respond to the gospel, that we repent. But if you're unfruitful, if there's nothing budding, no life there, then you need to be thrown out. Are you making disciples? Do you have a relationship with Him? Are you having a lifestyle that shows and reflects Christ? Number two, He prunes all the others. So if you are a believer, He is pruning you. You can look in Hebrews 6, 7, through 8 about that. What does that mean? Pruning means that you don't cut off the whole limb. It means that you take things away from it to that branch to produce life. That means that the Christian life will not be easy. See, you're going to have these preachers say, if you come to Christ, your life will be paved. You'll never have a worry. That's not true. We, I I look in this room and I see some very faithful adults in front of me who will tell you they've not had an easy life. (laughs) They're not going to tell you it's all Roses and sunshines. That's not what being a Christian is. It, it, being a Christian means that, that when we are being pruned, that we know where our source comes from. See, being pruned means the branch is still connected to the vine. We have life, but we're going through some hard times in which will produce fruit. Because through some of my hardest times in my life, that I thought was hard and very sometimes very unlivable ended up being the most pr- fruit-producing parts of it. I'm not going to tell you it was easy to go through. And I'm not going to tell you that overnight I saw that. <laughs> it took time. It took maturity. And I'm just going to be honest with you. During the pruning process, that doesn't even mean that sometimes I did not even grieve over the stuff that got cut. Two conditions are given also for answered prayers. I want you to look at another thing that he talks about here in verse 7. Um, He says here, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. He goes on more and he says, um, and he talks about um, at the end of this passage too. So whatever you ask in the Father's name, verse 16, he may give it to you, these things I command so you will love one another. So he talks also in the application, we see what the vine dresser is doing, but we also see what Christ is telling us what we can do through prayer. Prayer is part of this Christian character. So a couple of things, and when we're talking about prayer, two conditions of giving answered prayers. First is abiding in Jesus. And abiding means, again, that daily community, personal relationship with him. Abiding in Jesus. The second condition, and I'm kind of going to go back over all of it, his words abiding in believers. His words abiding in believers, transferring their thinking. In other words, that they abide in Jesus. I'm going to simplify this. Abiding in Jesus and abiding in his word. Abiding in Jesus and abiding in his word. Transforming their thinking. So so here's what's going on. If God's people truly abide in Jesus, they will desire what he desires. And will pray according to his words, and those people will be pleasing to him. What type of branches does oak trees have? What, what type of wood is an oak tree branch? Oak. What type of, brand, of wood that's in a pine branch? Pinewood. wood. Pine? That's what he's saying, guys. When we are made of the vine, we will be and imitate exactly what the vine is. But we have to be abiding in him. And in that, we will begin to desire what he desires. Because what? We become just like him. We need to desire what Jesus desires. What does Jesus desire? One thing we know is to love God. And to love others. The command of action love. Not a feeling. Not this kumbaya. Not that. Love is not this thing of tolerance. When you read in First Corinthians chapter 13. You do not see love is tolerant. But that is what your generation and my generation has decided what love looks like is toleration. And if we don't tolerate it we must hate. That's not true. That means that every person you ever got in disagreement with, that means you hate them. So some of you, I guess you hate your boyfriend and your girlfriend. I guess some of you, you hate your parents. No, you had a disagreement. That's not a hate. We have to understand that we abide in him and that is that loving one another. There's going to be some actions. That we see people as God sees them. And as we pray, guys, we abide in Jesus and we abide in his word. So... We're going we're gonna to desire what he desires, and we will pray according to his words. That means we're going to pray according to what he has written for us. Last little thing, and um, there's a lot of verses tonight. Man, I'm not even get close to all my notes. Little thing that I know that's not written in there. Go to verse 13, and I just want you to underline that for me. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And we look at that, and we need to understand that if God's people truly abide in Jesus, they will desire what he desires that will desire what he desires. And that love of people, that love of people, that when we do that, we will show people that we love them and that we will show that we're even willing to give our life for the cause of Christ. Why would we want to do that? He's leading up to that. You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. Command in here means the things that I have told you to do. No longer do I call you servants, but you are my friends. The servants do not know the plan of the master, but friends do. In other words, if you work, if you just work for someone, they're telling you what to do, da, da, da. but if you're a friend and you're part of that person's life, You kind of know their desires and dreams and things. And he says, we're not slaves to a master, but we are friends. And with that, we know his desire. And his desire is what? His desire is to see his people, to love his people. That we're to spread the word of Christ. And there will be people who will hate the word of Christ. And that if we abide in him and act like him, If we are now made out of the same material that he is made out of, that we will be in obedience, even if it causes death. This is not something we talk about a lot. It's not something that we even see happening in our church, church as a whole big C in America right now. But we're not going to be in the guillotines anymore. That's not where I really see a lot of the death will be happening. I think some of you would easily put your life out. But would you put death to your popularity? Would you put death to your reputation? Would you put death to those things? Now that's where the rub is. And that's where we're at. If you are my friend, you will do what I commanded you. If we are Christians, we will live differently. I'm going to pray, Sam, Sam will play, because I just kind of want us to leave on that meditation of song and, uh, and the word.